and gents, welcome back to the Inspiration Space for an episode that I had actually not even planned. Myself and Tristan Smith, my business partner and best mate, uh, he is obviously the co-owner with me of F45 Oxford Circus and F45 Soho. We were both invited on to a live Zoom Q&A, which was attended by about 190 people um, who were, wanted to listen in and hear my um, and Tristan's story, our F45 journey, you know, tips and tricks and things we've learned along the way, um, hear things that we believe are the fundamental pillars of, of our successful businesses. Um, and it was great to be asked questions by Michael Dean, who's the F45 head of sales in the UK and Europe. Dean is obviously a really close friend of mine and, and Tristan's as well. Um, but it was just a good experience to kind of, for the first time, tell our story and, and give a little bit of the expertise that we've picked up over the last 36 months you know at the end of the day we we were only 27 we are still learning along the way but we've 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 um we've learned a hell of a lot in that time and you know we're we're constantly looking for ways to get better but from what we've experienced so far you know it was really nice to just sort of give back a little bit to people that were interested so guys i hope you enjoy this um i enjoyed it a lot and yeah please get stuck in and if you have any questions off the back of it please feel free to reach out all right guys enjoy I'm lucky enough to be joined by Tristan Smith and Hayden Elliott, the co-owners and operators of both Oxford Circus and Soho. So uh, how are you keeping guys, first and foremost? Hi, mate. Very good, friend. How are you? I'm well. I'm looking forward to this. I am absolutely. Love speaking about F45. <laughs> Brilliant. Look, uh, we, we've got a, a long relationship and, and hopefully a good one, uh, depending on the guys you ask. Um, but I'd like for everyone who's on this call to know your background. And again, something that's really important to know is, you know, what industries you were in previously and what attracted you to F45 and why F45? Um, with, with, with franchising, uh, there's, there's people from different areas of life. Um, so it'd be great understanding your previous background. Sure, I'll kick it off. Sure. Uh, first of all, mate, thanks very much for, for having us on. Um, I think probably best to, before we start on, on my personal um, background, I mean, it's important. Me, me and Tristan have been best mates since we were, we were 14 years old. So, I mean, I, I, I put a lot of our strength down to, to that relationship that we have. Uh, on a personal note, um, I did international hospitality. Uh, management at university, um, which predominantly focused on hospitality. Um, it wasn't an industry that I decided I wanted to, to go into. Uh, on my gap year, I spent a lot of time, um, I gap year after uni, actually I did gap year after uni, I, I spent time doing my personal training qualifications. Uh, I'd always loved fitness. Fitness was um, my passion at that time. Um, it was something that I really did think that I was going to go and do long term. I actually kind of fell out of lot love with being a personal trainer at the time, I actually thought I'd fallen out of love with the fitness industry. That wasn't actually the case. It was just the environment. I always kind of knew that it's something that I wanted to, to, to venture in going forward. Um, I left it. I went and started to work in um, theatre theatre marketing because my family is from a very theatrical background. Um, I've been you know, in and around theatre my, my entire life. And, but, you know, after a while that, you know, it just wasn't for me. I, I my, my hunger was to be in the fitness community. Um, and I've, community being the key word there is the reason personal training didn't work for me is because it wasn't the right environment for me. I, I love fitness. I love what it does to, to communities. I love what it does to people. Um, and, and it was actually uh, some, a, a friend of mine, 
uh, she, she invited me to go to F45 Tottenham Court Road, which was uh, the, I think it was the second one in, in London at the time. Um, and me and Tristan had actually had conversations about, you know, looking into doing some fitness business um, of, of some sort. Uh, I went to this class uh, and in, in all honesty, it was very new at the time, uh, boutique fitness. It was just about three, four years ago now, I think, uh, no, three years ago. And I was told, in all honesty, I was I was told the cost of the membership, and I remember being like, "That's ridiculous," because there was nothing like it at the time. It, it was no membership fee that was that was that price. Um, I did the class, and, I, and I'm not joking. This is a true story. I walked straight back up the stairs, and then I said, "Where do I sign up?" And I signed up for six months because, it for me, it it, it was everything that I loved about fitness. It was it was training together in an environment that had such incredible energy the the the, the workout was was explosive the workout had uh, a very dynamic presence um and it was just the, the feeling of the whole environment whatever it encapsulated i was just completely blown away and, and i did actually walk up the stairs and i signed up for six months it was it was one session i was done um i, I spoke to smith um, i was like mate you've got to see this uh and we went together and uh, about a week later, I think it was, and and, and that was it really. Um, we 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 started the journey from there. So that's yeah, a bit of my background. Yeah. So um, thanks again, Mike, for for inviting us on. Um, as Hayden clarified, then yeah. So I, I think one of the the, the main reasons we've <clears throat> sort of been on this journey and 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 still here together today is is you know, mostly down to the fact that we have known each other since we were fourteen years old. I think going into business with um, you know someone that you've got. That established relationship with um you know definitely attributes uh to, to some sort of level of success from uh from, from day one hopefully so um <clears throat> my background in itself seems seems a while ago now actually we've actually been sort of living and breathing f45 now good part, best part of three years when you say hayden yeah, <clears throat> so i guess you can say that's that's pretty much the the background <laughs> at this stage but no, prior to that, I was in investment sales. Um, I graduated from university, um, studied business management for, um, for three years, graduated and sort of fell into um, investment management sales. So sort of managing pension funds, um, selling our investment management techniques for a, for a big um, multi-billion dollar firm. Um, and then after that, sort of um, fell into a, a smaller boutique, um, training up to become a full-time investment manager. Um, didn't love it. Um, then again, I guess you never really know what you're going to do you know, straight up out of uni. Um, but it, it wasn't until I started, you know, similar to Hayden, I was probably slightly late to the, the, the jumping on the fitness bandwagon. Um, it wasn't until I started group training through CrossFit um, that I realized the sort of power of, of what it did to me, um, both mentally, physically, um, you know, how I started to sort of adapt my life to, to you know, going into the gym and, and you know, my day would, would sort of evolve around the, the class that I did. And I, I sort of always wanted to do something, but never really had any, um, you know, real intent at the time. So was, you sort of plow on with the day job and, and live for the weekend. Um, so yeah, I guess as, as Hayden mentioned, it, it wasn't until he, um, you know, signed up to, to Tom Court Road and checked it out and realized that actually it's something that, you know, could be a viable option for us business wise. We both wanted to do something. And I think, you know, to complement both of our um, sort of characteristics with my sort of operational businessy side and, and sales and, and his sort of um, theatrical background um, and you know, his, his, his marketing and, and personal training. Um, the sort of the, the best compliment was to, to come together and uh, you know, research it further. And at the time, obviously F45 was, was 
kind of making good legs in, in the UK market. Um, met up with Luke Armstrong and, and yeah, as Hayden said, the rest is history. <clears throat> Fantastic. Two pretty different backgrounds then. And, and would you say that you've split your roles in the business or have you combined and become one? Uh, very, very much. Um, I mean, the, the, the relationship is, is constant. Me and Tristan, you know, he's my most frequently contacted on my WhatsApp for a reason. You know, it, you know we're always in constant contact. Um, but I would definitely say over time, well, we did start with, a, with an idea of who was going to be doing kind of what. But over time, we've really gravitated towards our side of the business. But having said that, you know, we, we, we obviously we value we really need each other's opinions and we really we 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 check in on both sides of of, of those two different areas all the, all the time but mm. i would say yeah there, there's definitely two different significant um roles there for sure i'd say we almost sort of fell into that um yeah, i agree we obviously you know your own business you, you you sort of want to try and take on everything um we had to split things accordingly hayden was going to take on the majority of the training um, so we put together the team, but he was, I, I wasn't actually coaching any classes from day one. I, I had my personal training certificate, but there, there was never a real intent to, for me to manage classes. It was more of a case of, you know, operationally, um, you know, manage the back end and, and have a sort of physical presence if, if anything goes wrong from, from day one, which, um, you know, Mike, as you remember, we, we definitely had some issues with Oxford Circus converting a, an old disused car park into a gym. It, it, it came with its difficulties. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I sort of fell into the more sort of operational side of things and then, you know, introduced a, a, a sales process that we just sort of you know, threw a load of stuff at the wall and, and both picked it up really quickly and, and he managed the team and at the side. And I wouldn't say we have, you know, completely differing roles by now, but it, it certainly is still um, categorized in, in that case. And, and definitely as we look to, to scale from here, you know, he, he would predominantly have that, that focus on the, on the team and the training side of things. Um, and whereas I'd be more sort of operationally, um based and, and and we sort of combine on the sales side of things as well <clears throat> it's great to hear and it sounds like the two of you work well bit of dynamic duo um it's interesting you mentioned sales process and i've tried to just for the sake of everyone uh, listening in i've tried to bulk all the questions that i've received into categories so you might not hear your exact question but hopefully it'll be along those lines and something which was uh, very very evident and not just for the question here but what i received day to day uh, is in regards to pre-launch and what your pre-launch strategy looked like uh, and how you executed it. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, we, we've got two gyms now. So the, the first one, like just said, like with every area, area of the business, we, we did throw some stuff uh, at the wall and, and hope that it, that it did stick. I think the pre-launch actually was an area that we we did really well with. Wouldn't you agree, Tris, with, 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 with Ultra yeah. Circus? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, our, the, the main focus at the time was obviously, you know, what, being in such a highly density corporate area, which we are, such as Oxford Circus, um, you know, how are we going to get our message out to the, the public as quick as possible, um, you know, that we are launching, um, you know, we certainly have a presence, we only have a door on the side of the road of a back street of, of Oxford Circus, but we need to, you know, make people aware of what we are. You know, obviously, F45 didn't have as much traction back in 2018, um, so people didn't necessarily know about it now. I think if you walk down the street and ask people now, they, they would definitely know what or, or experience an F45 themselves. Um, so it was more a case of educating people at the same time as well. So um, I think we were fortunate enough in the fact that, you know, being so close to Oxford Circus, you stand outside that tube station, you know, with 3,000 flyers, you'd be getting rid of them in, in one morning, you know, between the hours of, of 6 a.m. And, and 10 a.m. So 
we were just very, very present like on the ground, um, making noise. Uh, Hayden did a phenomenal job and, and, and getting the team, you know, set very early, promising them, you know, we're going to get a studio, we're going to get open. And we got them out on the street, we got them in the kit, we had good flyers, we just, you know, pinged it out. And you know, before you know it, you, you signed, you know, almost a thousand people up to, to your trial and haven't even got an open date, which is, which was kind of cool. I think I think the number one thing this was our first opportunity really apart from actually the building of the site to be proactive and I think this is the number one word that that I will use whenever a potential franchisee comes and speaks to us and that the importance of being proactive and you know not necessarily you're going to get the perfect um, the perfect uh, result every single time especially when you're starting out but as long as you're you're making the effort to, to experiment be creative and and i think that the 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 routes that we took with that pre-launch campaign with you know the way we approached our instagram the way we approached trying to uh, build a mailing list um and and i definitely like smith said that the, the, the work that we did in on on the ground in the community itself by having presence there is massive look every like gyms are different like whether you're a residential or if you're heavily corporate like us i think the way that we approached that corporate area w was very proactive very creative um and we 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 did we started it probably about six seven seven six six seven weeks out smith about that yeah well we had we had to keep delaying it but uh... yeah, so yeah we had to keep delaying it but <laughs> but when we were ready we were there with the flyers we were very heavily even, even the night before we were still sort of picking you know the, the tape off the floor and mopping rubber tiles frantically and <laughs> lobbing, equi lobbing equipment into the into the office yeah. the office space it actually still gives me nightmares thinking back to <laughs> how much we, did. we we had to we actually had to to ask a lot of people to come and help us people yeah. we didn't even know from like you know, the online community and just say listen like we're opening a gym tomorrow and we we need some help and you know lucky enough we we got it which was which was good in a way those are some of the best memories though um, yeah, and, and it's and it's something that we, we we laugh and we joke about and and you know it, it's given it's given us that thick skin that has meant that yeah the second one was certainly smoother put it that oh way my. Well, well, that's a good point, actually. I mean, what did you implement that you learned from the first so you didn't have to be, you know, pulling off the paint 24 hours before open on the second? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's funny, like, I'll tell you a quick anecdote. I mean, we were the first morning Soho open, is a true story. Me and Tris were sitting there um, at the front desk. Uh, and we, I think because of what happened at Oxford Circus, it was just such a, like, a frantic kind of like, so nervous, yeah. whoa! <laughs> like it was, it was halfway through the first class, and we were just looking around like, this is this is frighteningly smooth. Like, <laughs> what, 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 what's going on? Because the first time, I mean, the showers that we, we didn't blew up, blew, blew up. I mean, there was there was flooding everywhere. I was running around like a headless chicken on the floor, trying to distract everyone. Smith was selling memberships out the back, you know, with his towel under his foot, cleaning up, you know. And that's the way it was, and that's, that was the beauty of that site. But this was a completely different situation. We we were ready with about two weeks to go. So I mean, we've learned the difference between opening number one and opening number two is just you know. It's like it's like it's like any business, right? Any franchise yeah. business. I, I think for the first one, I think the fact that people saw us, you know, really mucking in and, and getting our hands there, you know, that that was almost like a a big buy-in for them. Like, you know, it, it shows that you care. Like, this is a business that, um, you know, you, you're not just given. You don't just you don't just open the doors to an F45 and people walk through it and then suddenly you've got, um, you know, 300 members and, and you're making loads of money. Like, it. I think our presence and that doesn't necessarily say that 
mean that you know you have to have if you want to own an f45 you you physically have to be present you need to make sure that the team are you know present and the people that you're putting in place to, to run these things are prepared to get their hands dirty because stuff will go wrong um and it's how you it, it's how you go about it that you know the audience will see and um you know nothing goes unnoticed yeah you're you're in this you're in the spotlight and i think that was you know definitely credit to to some of the success in the early days is that you know we, we were just there on the ground um you know working long hours you have to you know you, know, you have to in any business so that's why when when the second one went smoothly it did it did definitely come as a shock but you know we learned so much we, we learned so much in terms of the build the fit out it, it was an easier space to manage like i said with our first gym we converted a car park um you know we had no amenities we had no electricity running water electric i've said that running water we had no waste that was a big thing so we're underground in westminster you know trying to dig down and, and dig a waste pipe i mean we still service that thing i say we, we do now i actually said well funny enough i sent a message to the team earlier <laughs> literally just before this call because me and hayden have a, a monthly checklist of stuff that we have to do and today on today's notification i think i've still got it on my phone it, it, it says OT sump pump check then pub because we literally <laughs> every two weeks we have to open that thing you know service it clean it out you know, it's going to cost four or five hundred quid each time you get an engineer out so that's what i mean about you know getting in there getting stuck in making the business your own and um you know people buy into that but you know thankfully soho was definitely a lot smoother just before we move on away from kind of the, the pre-launch stage and look at some yeah. other options well, uh, what were kind of the two things like actionable points that people take off the back of this call, which you put into place from site one to site two success. And in terms of that pre-launch, what was the offer that you were enticing people with to get them through the door? Um, say that first one again, mate. Sorry. So two actionable points that you took from Oxford Circus that you implemented in Soho, which you are obviously the, the site defects and the sump pump. Yeah. Um, actual physical process steps that you changed which uh, resulted in we invested uh, in both studios we just invested so heavily in the team you know it was the main thing that people saw from day one is that we we'd had six months before Oxford Circus knowing our trainers and then you know when we built Soho we'd already had our trainers or Hayden had had them in Oxford Circus training them up you know trying to do you know learn things you know operate in the way that we operate which isn't necessarily you know, completely by the book in terms of like, you know, how an F45 is, is, is run. It's, it's, you've got to put your own spin on certain things and, and that's what makes your, your sort of offering a bit unique. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just that the fact that the team built that on and, you know, we're able to implement that, you know, from, from the get go at Soho because we didn't want to, you know, we physically couldn't, we couldn't be in two places at once. We had to, we had to sort of pass the keys off from, from day one and say, Hey, you know, this is it, you know, go kind of thing, which is, yeah, what yeah. we had at, at OC. I think, uh, yeah, so, so in terms of the two, two points, actionable points between one and two, um, firstly, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong. And, and as, as naive as, as a kind of, I, I probably was more than Tristan, is, is that, you know, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting that in such a, in such a high way in the first one. The second one, I, you know, my, my personal mentality and, and Tristan's for sure as well, you know, at any point, you know, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for whatever situation. So, you know, definitely just having that difference in mindset, that that's a big actual point. And just maybe just start building that up, 
like taking in your environment when you open your first one and, and see all the different areas which you just have to be four, four five six steps ahead of the game uh, because when you get there you know you'll be laughing the second one like basically what Trish said there is is the fact that we can be in two places at once start building the start almost writing down things like processes and and you know almost how I, I mean I wrote down what my what I wanted the culture to be in regards for the community and the training team and when we actually wrote that down and we proposed it to the team it made it very clear from day one you know how we were going to action this next site you know, it was actually on paper. Instead of learning how, learning as you go a little, this time we were ready to, to kind of have it down on paper. And this is where we we're going to do X, Y, Z. And, and it set the tone from day one. And, you know, we ran a training day, what, a week out, Smith? And, and from, yeah. from the get-go, they were just, they were hot. You know, they, they got it. They, they knew how we wanted to. We'd, we'd already hired them based on that, based on what we saw in them in terms of the attributes that, that we wanted. But the fact that we, we were sit, sat there, as a collective group and we went this is the way we're going to do this this is where we're going to execute this let's go from day one like this boom 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 you know and then that makes it much easier much easier and just on that point in terms of trainers and i know this is something i actually wanted to touch on later but let's dive into it now um a big question that's been asked again through the, the questions we've been sent in but also that comes up regularly as well is how did you find your trainers and what were you looking for I'm, I'm going to use a, a term here, and like Smith says, it, it was it, 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 obviously the team is more my kind of side and stuff. But Tristan has been heavily involved in the 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 the, the team uh, selection, 100%. Like I, I wouldn't in in my, in my wildest dreams would I ever uh, pick, like try and hire a trainer without having him completely on board. Um, but to, to put it bluntly, we have a strict no dickhead policy. And, and I say that because it's, it's a famous phrase that comes from a book called Legacy, written by James Kerr about the All Blacks. Um, but it's very, very true. And this is a belly to belly business. And that's what everyone needs to remember. Um, there is human interaction at the core of what we do. And at the end of the day, if you have somebody that doesn't replicate the values and um, the philosophy of the way you want to run your business and ours is to be the best community possible then that is going to be a huge huge hindrance so obviously having a great coach is is is, is, is important it is um but for us to have a member of the team for us having great people actual great people as part of the team is what is what is more important because i believe that we, you can you can you can train up somebody to be a better coach yeah. it's a lot harder to train up somebody to be a better person yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think that probably the one thing I just said to Hayden on you know, before we ever got into hiring anyone was, was, was staying away from, from any kind of ego. Um, you know, ego, you don't want these, this sort of, you know, shirts off, Instagram-y type humans. Like, it's, it's just not necessary. Like, these people aren't going to sell your business. You need personal people like you. You're going to work well, well in a team. Oh, and it just so happens that they're a good coach at the same time. But like Hayden said, you, you can nurture that. For sure. So um, the one thing for us is, is just reliability. Um, we don't ask, you know, too much of them. We're, we're not huge. Uh, we, we don't like to come down to them and, and, you know, strict processes or anything. 
Um, obviously, we, we, we play by the book in terms of how to execute F45 classes and that and, and have a good time. But you know, we're, we're just real with the team. Like we're, we're their friends at the end of the day. And, and we like to you know, think that we can, they can call upon us in, in times of need and stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we just broke it down very, very simply. In terms of, of hiring, it, it, you know, we started online. Obviously, we didn't have huge amounts of contacts in the fitness industry. Um, we, you know, Instagram and, and, you know, got out, reached out to a few people. We just sort of fell into some, some good people like they, um, and through them, you sort of get a, a better picture for, um, you know, who they would recommend as well. Um, one of our coaches, I actually did a PT course and, and, and picked up from there. Like he was, he was in my class. Um, and we still have him today and I, I'd count him now as, as one of my really good friends. So yeah, he's just, it's it's things like that you, you'll find them but you know local pt schools instagram other fitness studios as well so you don't want to go about poaching but um you know there's there's no harm in just dropping the feelers out there to to local markets and, and seeing who will respond back i do think it's a mindset as well so it's something to incorporate into your mindset as a franchisee is to always be on the lookout because there's yeah. the number one thing like any business right people are number one like I'm, I'm constantly, constantly on the lookout if I come across anybody, if I speak to somebody, oh, do you know if this person's any good? Well, I mean, what, what are they like? What are they like as per Because you never know, like, we'll probably talk about growth, our potential growth later on in today, but, you know, we might go from two sites to 10. And, you know, you need the people, the right kind of people to, to have you, to, to have in those businesses. You know, that is a, that's, that's something that I think, like, sometimes keeps me up at night is, 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 is finding constantly for having the right people that replicate our values and, and the, the way we want to run these businesses. So yeah, for, for us people is just, it's, our team is, is the, the pillar of, of, of the way we, we run things. It's hugely important, you know, community across the, the member base is huge, but it, it's particularly within the trainers as well. And um, something that I always say is, you know, what makes a, a good site a great site? You know, they should look the same. They're running the same workout on the same day. So what's the differentiating factor? It's who's running the, tra the training class? And it's those yeah. trainers that are going to keep people coming back through. So it's fantastic to hear that. And would you, I'm going to take a stab, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer. But would you say that the attrition rate of your trainers has been pretty low because of the, the, the quite no dickhead policy, if you will, from the start um, has kind of... Uh, we've lost one. We, we, I would say lost. We, we didn't even lose her. Uh, we, we've had one. No, sorry. We've had two people leave our coaching team in 20, coming up to 24 months now. One of them uh, just moved on to other things. Um, F45 really wasn't quite right for her as a brand. Uh, she was much more of a personal trainer, even though she did fantastic things for us for the first nine months. And, and there was no animosity. Um, and the other one left to go to Australia. And... Mm. Yeah, as simple as that. People, you know, we we invest a lot of time into our team, and and not just in terms of our business, but on their personal development as well. So, you know, as long as they turn up and they're ready to go, and they they keep exceeding the standards that we set for them, that is what's important to us, and and, and we're 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 all about helping develop um, anyone that's that's going to be working within our businesses. So yeah, brilliant, fantastic to hear. Um, uh, a conscious time is ticking. I mean, I don't want to run people over too much. So uh, uh, we'll move on. Once the business is obviously up and running, you've got your team in there. The, the next big question, um, which, you know, is a main component why a lot of people go into business is revenue and um, figures. Now, 
I appreciate uh, we've only got a short time and I don't expect you to throw up your, your books for the last 12 months. But if we can quantify that in something like membership growth, that would be great. And uh, something that seems to be flashing up in the questions a lot at the moment is what deal did you offer to get initial members through the door and how many members did you start each studio on? And then what did that growth rate look like over the first, let's say, three, six, 12 months? That was a lot to take in. Quite a few questions there. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, I mean, in terms of revenue, just for, for Oxford Circus, I mean, we were, just to put things into perspective, we were operationally profitable um, from month one. So, um, you know, we, that, that includes everything. So in, in all our staff fees, mine hidden salaries, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, we, we hadn't obviously, you know, we had huge amounts of debt in terms of fit out on that, but operationally, that that was from the, from the get-go. And I would say that's... Uh, probably an anomaly in terms of opening a business and unless you probably expect it to be more around month three, month four. Um, but that goes back to what we were previously saying earlier about, you know, being present, being on the, being on the ground, F45, having a good reputation from the studios that were already open, um, you know, selling a lot of trials and, and converting members from day one. I think in Oxford Circus, we actually sold ourselves short. We, we, we only decided to sell 45 foundation memberships. Um, even though we went at a price that was higher than the recommended um, price that F45 um, suggested for, an F, for a foundation. Um, I can't remember what it was. No, I think it was 190 or something. Um, and yeah, I, I'd say we sold ourselves short by you know, not selling enough. I think we, we could have quite easily um, either pushed the price higher and, and sold a lot more. The, the demand was definitely there. So yeah, we, we sold them way before we even opened. We, we you know, got people to commit to those memberships, the, the 45. Um, and then from there, the growth was just sort of, um, you know, exponential. We um, you know, surpassed 100 members pretty much by the first challenge, which started a week after we um, we opened. So I think how many do we have on that first challenge, Hayden? 137. 137, yeah. So we had nearly 140 people on our first challenge, and that literally kicked off um, two weeks after we opened. So good timing because the challenge is phenomenal marketing tool. Um, you can sell just challenge packs alone. We try to get people onto to memberships so that we keep them on, obviously, after the challenge. Um, but yeah, we, we were sort of rolling from there. Um, Soho, uh, the idea was to sell uh, 100 memberships at slightly higher. So we, 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 we sold 100 foundation memberships at 205, um, which we sort of worked out to be the sort of sweet spot for, for F45 in, in central London. Um, so yeah, good price. Um, and again, operationally profitable from day one for, with that offer um and then yeah we were on a good good trajectory um just before we closed middle of march we only opened in january 16th was it or 13th this year um, january 13th 13th was our first day um so we probably just had under two months um, i think we hit about 160 members so um i mean it was it was definitely on the right trajectory until obviously covid19 um has picked himself back <clears throat> And how long did it take you to get the, the 200, 250 and, and where are you in terms of Oxford Circus? Was, was it quite an initial growth and then a plateau or did it just continue at that rate? Um, yeah, definitely plateaued. I think by, so we opened in July, um, by October, I think that year we were starting to, we, we were already looking for our second studio. In fact, we did, we'd already found it. We, we, look, we found Soho in August, 2018. That was the first time we, we actually looked around it just because we were like, you know, shit, we've, the demand's here, we've, we've done it. Um, I'm glad we didn't open until 
2020 because we just were not ready. Uh, we obviously had a lot of delays in the, in the fit out and the build of Soho, um, but it kept us hungry and, you know, we, we kept pushing Oxford Circus. So um, it's difficult. Some days you think your, your capacity is 300. Other, this is, I'm talking direct debits here, so people on you know, auto pay memberships. Um, some days you might think, oh, we could squeeze, you know, 350 in here. Our Oxford Circus Studio is massive. Um, we do fit class of the 36 people. Um, sometimes they are doing burpees on top of each other. Um, obviously with social distancing, that's going to be hard moving forwards. Um, but yeah, I think um, we, we were kissing the 300 mark, um, 300 members um, pre-COVID-19. And, and I, I don't think we, we, we've ever gone higher than that just because we, don't, we can't do it anymore. We with, 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 with challenges though. We, we, we yeah, we, that's the thing. I was just going to say, we sell other packs. So you've got eight-week challenge packs. 10 class bundles, 20 class bundles, 30 class bundles. Then you have your trialists. You know, we're seeing you know, between 15 and 20 new trials every week coming through the door. Like they're taking up peak slots in, in classes and stuff, converting them, you know, then the other people leave. So like, you know, you're, you're sitting at a very comfortable level at, at 300 direct debits. And that was always the goal. Oxford Circus 300. Soho, we could probably squeeze a little bit more. Um, by the end of April, so pre-COVID, we wanted 500 across the two. Um, and we were you know, well on track to, to hit that. Um, we were at about 4.50, um, middle of March. <clears throat> so um, you offered what was about, say, 10, 15% discount on those foundations and then just grew it up from there. Yeah, in fact, the, the Soho Foundations was really no discount. Um, the 205 uh, price is the same price as a six, one of our six-month memberships lock-ins. So it, there was a small incentive in terms of, you know, you get a free, free t-shirt, um, you know, for some people, if you're multi signups from the same company, we'd offer you 50% off your first month. But like, you know, 205 is, you know, we were locking in a decent number of people at a very good rate. And I'd say the average probably for F45 in the UK is, is, is probably less than 200. You're looking at the, you know, the within, actually I'd say London, let's look within the M25. I'd say it's less than 200. So we're, we're, we're starting the, the bar pretty high rolling monthly is a, a 220 um so yeah there, there was really no no significant discount other than that 50% off for, for a multi-signer <clears throat> that, that's great to hear I think you know pricing particularly what kind of should I offer a discount should I get people in at a lower rate to try and boost that initial membership you know testament in the fact that you guys just went in hard stuck by your guns and it, it paid off for you another thing we had to be very careful of is two studios very close to each other um we didn't obviously want to we have to keep them separate um as by f45 that's the way that um, you do, you can't cross membership across the two, even though they are only a couple of minutes apart. Um, so we were just very, very conscious about undercutting the other studio. Um, we didn't obviously want to, um, cannibalize ourselves in any way. I'd, I'd rather have gone higher and, and not have had as many signups than, um, you know, gone low and, and, you know, disrupted the, the good business that, that we've got just over the road. <clears throat> um, I appreciate that the, the current climate is one that I'm looking at the, uh, the questions that are coming through and I'm actually getting blown up around. Um, so, you know, given the current climate, how would you say that's affected uh, not only the studios physically, but also the community? And, and, and what have you done to, to keep that community in place since the doors have been closed? Um, we, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something we pride ourselves on as well, is how much we've invested into our community. and. and specifically at Oxford Circus, Soho was really starting to get there, you know, that, that community was starting to blend, you know, the team had done a great job and it was really getting to that point where it was about two months in, it was just getting, it was getting, it was getting great. I mean, we we're coming out to our first social um, after the challenge and that's when it really starts to, to tick. Uh, from Oxford Circus, we just threw everything out of that community. So, so it, it, 
it, it now going through what we're going through um everybody kind of jumped onto whatever it is we, we, we were doing because they you know they, they live for that team they live for the training they live to train together whether that be on a zoom call or at the 6 55 a.m on site you know they just want to be training with each other and having that contact so we were really we we were really like once again i say proactive um i mean we threw our first live workout on March the 6th, 16th, I want to say. It was like a day. Yeah, we got straight onto Instagram. Yeah, straight, straight onto Instagram. We realised that, you know, after a couple of weeks that of running those that we need to start to, to generate some revenue. So we so we then jumped onto the online network that we, we, we combined the two studios just to make it easier to manage. Um, so we threw all the team together. We threw all the community together. Um, and we started the online network where we, we got a private Facebook group. Um, we were we were doing you know recorded workouts as well as the live workouts as well as live q and a's so we even did a live webinar with a with a clinical sexologist for the for the community you know all these kind of fun little events we did we did pub quizzes all this kind of stuff that was great um in the initial phase obviously for about you know, six weeks understandably it's it is much harder to keep that hype to keep that buzz um and you know, the last two weeks we, we have been talking as a team that it's kind of I would I would say safe to say it's plateaued a little bit. Um, as much as I hate to say that, but now we're starting to look. You know, we're going to use this bank holiday as a bit of sort of um, time to. I mean, me and Tristan were talking about it yesterday of ways we can give it a little bit of a revamp and and, and talking to to our AGMs about how we can really give it a spark that it needs. Um, so we might pivot again. Uh, onto a, maybe onto another platform and, and, and explore that and, and hopefully just generate a little bit more um, hype so, so that we can, like you said, you know, it's so important in these communities to, to keep them, you know, engaged. I mean, keeping those communities engaged now as we're coming back to potentially towards coming back into the studio is pretty important now. So we need to sort of turn it up a notch, generate some, um, some hype, uh, get people excited again because, you know, it, it may be maybe as long as October. Um, hopefully it won't be, but we need to start that ball rolling and start getting things pumping now. So yeah, for, for sure, um, being proactive was, was important and, and trying to do what we can for them uh, through whatever means. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah exactly that. So we're, we're very fortunate that we could have combined the teams and, and get online as quick as possible. Um, the main thing for us, and, and we said it to ourselves when, when we were going live with the online network, is that you know, we're losing money right now. Like everyone's losing money right now. Every business, like I can't, well, obviously not every business, but like in the leisure industry, I can't think of anyone that's actually making good money right now. Um, so for us, it wasn't a case of, right, how do we create something that is going to make us as much money as possible? It's how do we create, how do we not lose the most money? Like how do we lose the least money essentially? Um, you know, how can we do this and, you know, keep our team engaged? Uh, you know, they, they're all self-employed staff. Um, and, you know, up until recently, they haven't been given any, um, you know, government uh, subsidies or grants or, or any help really whatsoever. Um, so it's how can we create something that actually is gonna you know, give them hours so that we can, you know, keep them engaged. We, you know, at the end of the day, they're stuck at home just as much as all the rest of us um, with the studios being closed. Um, so yeah, I think it, the, the network was was really cool, and it's you know it's great to be able to run these these live Zoom sessions. But as Hayden said, you know, the novelty does wear thin. You know, jumping around the living room all the time, we, we simply can't wait to get back into the studio. Um, we are planning, um, so, like Hayden said, pivoting down different avenues to to try and generate a little bit more interest, um, mostly down the corporate route, being in in such a highly density corporate area. Um, we're running live team sessions for the corporates online and they actually go down really well. Um, we actually, um, we actually networked one company with their office in Singapore. Um, so they were training at the same time, which is really cool. Um, we've had the CEO of, 
Fortune 500 company on, on, a, on a live class, which is pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, we're just clucking to, to get back into the real life and, and some sort of level of normality. I think so is everyone as well. And I think, you know, as, as much as the online offering is definitely keeping people going. And I think in terms of the community, it's, it's definitely the glue that's holding everything together at the moment. Uh, in fact, I'd be interested to know what your retention rates are uh, in terms of the member base. We just yes. don't know. Yet to be seen. <laughs> yet, to, yet to be known. Bro. We don't know. I mean, something that we are 100% going to have to do, um, obviously with... Um, with the approval of HQ, um, and I was on a network call uh, on uh, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, uh, with our performance manager, is that um, we, we will likely be selling a limited um, limited class a month membership, auto pay. So there's still a direct debit, um, but it's obviously discounted, and that gives people nine sessions, 13 sessions, and, and unlimited offering. Um, so previously, we tried to get everyone onto a rolling monthly or a six-month lock-in, um, this will be rolling monthly um, or nine or 13 a month, um, which is a similar model to um, what a lot of CrossFit gyms do as well. Um, but being in such a corporate area um, with the new work from home contracts and the likelihood, uh, and I, we've already you know, sent a few feelers out to our membership base about you know, what their new working lifestyle will be. Um, and it's for sure that at least this year, 2020, they will not be going back into the office five days a week. So the, the appeal of an unlimited membership in central London, certainly um, it, it looks a lot less appealing, um, obviously now um, than before. But on the flip side, you know, we, we sell memberships. We, we, we have increased capacity now. So I think that 300 number can, can definitely boost up in, in Oxford Circus. So that's the exciting thing. We can limit people to nine classes a month, 13 classes a month, and, and actually sell more of them, um, which is cool. Because sometimes on unlimited memberships, People are paying like 20, 25, 30 classes a month, which is you know, people are um, you know, participating. So that's a lot. <clears throat> I definitely think the, the want for people to get in and train is not going to um, be in limited supply. And if you look at the studios, we're up to, for anyone listening, we're just over 200 studios open globally now, about 225. And the classes that are running, albeit on a diminished uh, scale, so there's less capacity of the classes, are pretty much going uh, waitlisted instantaneously. Uh, and up until a couple of weeks ago, there was definitely a question in the air, was it, uh, does the want for people to train supersede the nervousness of getting back in a social environment? And yeah. the resounding answer, at least from our network for the studios that have been opened is, yes, it does. And people do want to yeah. get back in. Um, so so it, there is positive news there. And I think getting them through the door is, is, is not going to be difficult, but you're right, I think tailoring certain things potentially like memberships with things like working from home is, is definitely the future that we're going to have to be looking at. I, I think on that note as well, um, I read something the other day about populations and their confidence of, of, of actually going back into, um, you know, restaurants and bars and um, leisure facilities, etc. The age group between, um, you know, 20 to 35 year old, which actually is, um, you know, pre pre predominantly are mostly de our whole demographic actually for Oxford Circus and, and Soho. So, it's that demographic that's going to be the first out of their house and, and into something. So, you know, we're very confident that, that people will be getting back in um, despite having to, you know, travel into to central London to, to train. The backbone uh, of it is, right, you know, we're social mammals, guys. Mm. Like, you know, people want... People... You know, I don't want to go and... I don't, I don't want to sound too out there. Virtual workouts are great, okay? If you have the choice between jumping around your front room 
okay and and going into a studio and training with your mates in that environment okay for our demo for, for our community i don't think it's, it's a no-brainer the only issue that we're concerned about is whether or not they they you know you've got to bear in mind that one of the key points of of choosing where you train is, is convenience mm -hmm. okay so at the end of the day look these guys would pick us every day of the week to come train whether over jumping that that for us is is, is for me that's not competition because i know our community it's whether or not they can come in yeah. to work to train that's the main that's the main problem that's the main that's the main thing that's the main that'll thing. be our biggest hurdle coming back it's it's you know it's getting people in the gym three or four times a week if they're working from home um you know if you live 20 minutes outside central london and you're working from home twice a week you've also got the weekends that's four out of seven days you're just you're just not gonna you know commit to an unlimited membership in town it's not gonna happen <clears throat> but one day you know, it will yeah, definitely. As I said, I think there's going to be a, a rollout period for sure. And I think what that looks like is is definitely uh, going to be changed depending on the government rules as well. So uh, fingers crossed it happens sooner rather than later. Anyway, I appreciate, as I've said already, time is ticking. And uh, we've covered quite a lot of the initial questions that's been sent in. So I'm just going to try and have a little look and see any that have come through as we've been chatting. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on was, uh, which we kind of did previously before, but in terms of scalability, I know Hayden mentioned it. Uh, I think you guys have got some pretty large aspirations in terms of growth. And uh, there's a couple of questions that seem to have come through that people want to thinking along the similar lines of multiple sites. What's the, the core infrastructure or, or the key learnings that you're already putting in place with that in mind? I think I know the answer. Um, I think it's the team. Yeah, I'd say people processes. It's as simple as that. You know, the, the people, yeah, of course, if you went out there and really hustled, you can find them really, really quickly. Um, I have no doubt about that. But the processes, you know, we've been here two years um, since our first studio opened. And I'd say we're still, you know, we're still working on the processes. So I, I would say if you're, if you're looking at, you know, doing multi-sites at once, um, you know, don't get ahead of the game, you know, get one, understand how much it, you know, the, 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 how much it takes to, to get these things up and running and off the ground. And that could happen very quickly. And then from there, get your processes in line to, to be able to scale it quickly. Um, it's as simple as that. No one's just going to be able to litter, you know, 50 studios out there, as, as nice as that would sound, um, overnight. It's, it, just, it just won't happen. But, you know, for us, we're, we're definitely in a, a place right now where we think, you know, we'll be able to, to, to scale it. Um, you know, as long as we find those people, um, we've got the knowledge and know-how to be able to build gyms, um, you know, put, put teams in and, and manage them moving forwards, hopefully. <clears throat> Fantastic. And do you think um, you're continuing with the, the F45 live solution when you come to, to rolling out to multiple sites and using it as a pre-launch as well? Yeah, I think we're going to have to. With, with social distancing, the, the lives will, will certainly be appealing. Um, and there's some element as well that you'd carry on just for like, you know, to, to limit membership suspensions and things like that. Yeah, so there's definitely a, a capacity for it. We, we don't know exactly you know, how much and, and what we'll be doing. But I think, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping on in, in some element because obviously the costs are, the costs are very low and, um, you know, the, re the return and the retention across the membership base can be high. It's definitely got a place. It's definitely got a place. Um, it's just how we integrate it and to, what, and, to what, um, and to how much we integrate it. Well, look, I, I think I'm going to get close to wrapping it up there. I appreciate it taking quite a bit of your time this afternoon guys um i mean before we do go there's one last question i will ask you um just in terms of workouts but is there anything that you'd like to add or anything that you think that we haven't covered that 
you would have loved to have known the answer to if we rolled back the clock two years ago? Um. <laughs> um, can you predict a pandemic? And if so, <laughs> give me a bit more yeah. warning next time. <laughs> what, what do you do if the whole world goes into lockdown? <laughs> yeah, um, look, I, we, we were doing great. Um, this has obviously been a massive, massive setback for us. Um, but, you know, we have every confidence that, that we'll get back. Um, it's no secret that we're signing on to, to, to commit to more studios. Um, I've just seen a question on the side from, from Roman saying, you know, would we do number three? Um, I believe we've actually found our, our third site. Um, you've seen it as well, Mike, and, and Hayden, obviously you've seen it. Um, I, I think that'll be a go at some point when we, when we get out of the lockdown. It's, it's in central London as well. Um, and, and we're definitely in a place to, to do more. So I've every confidence that you know, we'll get it back. I have every confidence that the brand will um you know get their notoriety back and, and people will be back in studios and and you know f45 will be um well back on track as to you know where it was pre-covid um so for us you know we're not going anywhere um and yeah looking forward to, to getting back to full strength so that's fantastic to hear and you know almost doubling down when times are unsure just shows that the the, the faith you've got in the product and the faith that you've got in your own business. So fantastic to hear. Last question. I asked this to everyone that come on a webinar. What is your favorite F45 workout? T10. It, oh, I was going to say that. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I think um, uh, T10 is a very good workout. We do it. We do it. I think I, I really, really look forward to getting in there on a Saturday. Um, Hollywood uh, is, is a great session. Um, I think mostly just partly because of the, the fact we've got this rogue DJ who comes in and makes a load of noise and you know we're in a basement so we can blare it as loud as we want on the weekend. So that definitely adds an, an element of fun factor to it. But yeah, it's just, um, it's a good class. You know, we, we love it and uh, they're all good. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Athletica or T10? Athletica is the pillar of what F45 is about. T10's awesome. We did T10 today, actually. It was great. T10's a banger. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate everyone coming and spending your time today. I know there's a lot of questions that we didn't cover, and all I can do is apologise, but please do use that as an excuse to reach out to me. Reach out to uh, both Chris and Hayden.